Hello and welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I am Ross. And I am Gordon. Well, Gordon, what's going on? You have a particularly ponderous look about you, and I mean ponderous in the context of thinking, as opposed to ponderous in the context of an elephant moving slowly through the grass. But I'm so glad you clarified that, because I thought I was reasonably svelte and agile, but yes, pondering I have been. Explain, Lucy. Oh, not Lucy. Surely. Surely, (laughs) of course. Um, I have been wondering, eh, no obvious gold in mind, but coming home with a not extravagant number of images, which are now taking up screen space and hard drive space, and the question keeps intruding, what in God's name am I going to do with all this crap? Fine question, but this troubles you? Well... If I wasn't so introspective, a new word I learned. Well, it's a word for this episode, and we do try to deliver a new word every episode. Um, I wouldn't give it another thought. But, alas, I am. I guess you could say that every now and again the thought crosses my mind that if I don't know where I'm going, it doesn't really matter what road I'm on. Well... So knowing you, you've been trying to figure out this journey of a thousand steps. Or 99. In joke. Yes. A very uh, new market in (laughs) joke. Nobody else is going to get that. That's a good thing. Yes, but I need some experienced help. And I'm sure that some of the listeners would like some too. Okay. Well, you talk about a number of images taking up screen space and hard drive space. And we live in an electronic age. So why don't we start there? Where do you go from the electronic perspective? Ah. Well, I don't know about others, but my first step is to import images into one overall location. I I call it my... All imports, one imports, something along those lines. And in my situation, I use Lightroom Classic. I know that Lightroom has sundry other iterations, but I have to admit I don't bother with those because uh, it's not my thing and I have enough to confuse me right about here. So I think from my experience that Lightroom is really a superb instrument for cataloging images. And it really is only as complex as you make it. So what's your experience with other digital asset management systems? Well, I think that you've hit on a couple of key points. You're right, there are multiple versions of the thing called Lightroom. Lightroom Classic does have a digital asset manager. We call it the library. And that's not found in the other versions of Lightroom. Oh, okay. was not also aware of that. Um, Because to the point that you make, the catalog is a personal thing. 
and it resides on your personal electronics right. to come back to where you where we talked about it. There are other digital asset management tools. I think that you've already hit on it that Lightroom does a really good job. And whenever I encounter folks who are having serious issues with Lightroom, it's because they've made it far more complicated by decision or error than they needed it to be. There are other systems, as you mentioned, and I've looked at them, and do I see them as better? No, I actually see them as a greater opportunity for option paralysis <laughs> and, you know, a tendency to want to take up heroin addiction. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of look at the, uh, the other stuff periodically, and uh, I'm struck by the fact that they all talk about uh, image management, well, image adjustment, but really none of them seem to have a comprehensive system for cataloging the images. Now, I may be completely wrong. But, no, I don't, uh, think, I don't think that you're wrong. And I think this is one of the value propositions of Lightroom Classic. And yeah, we are being very specific about the product called Lightroom Classic in that it has a very robust and by design, very easy to use catalog system. Now, people do make that overly complex. That's a personal decision. And, you know, you get what you pay for, I suppose. But after you've got the stuff in the catalog, which is working for you, what do you do next? Ah, yes. Well, I, I think that where one goes after this, or should go after this, is the identification of the intent that you have for the retrieval of the images. And everyone is going to have a multitude of different intents, which they should identify to themselves. Okay, I think I understand where you're going, but elaborate a bit for the sake of my diminishing mind. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, for example, you may have a paying gig and need those images to be easily and re repeatedly retrieved. Somebody else may want to show their images from... Uh, a polar bear hunt or a salmon fishing trip or a trip to Gal 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 Galapagos. Why do they have to make it that complicated? Or you may be collecting images for a slide presentation. The reasons are multiple, but one thing is in common with all of these. You may need to collect images from multiple sources, frequently with a degree of overlap. And to my way of thinking, the only way to fulfill this criterion is through the organization into Lightroom collections. Well, I agree with you. And again, let's be very specific. We're talking about Lightroom classic collections because the concept of collections has a different name in the other versions of Lightroom. And that creates confusion for people. And... Yes, I do agree. And while this is not a podcast episode on how and why to use collections, there are lots of good 
to terrible YouTube videos on doing so. I think the, th the key thought here is you use the collections in a manner that suits you, not necessarily what someone else or everyone else thinks is the right thing. They have a very elegant mechanism, and by this I mean collections, collection sets, and smart collections. They deliver this really elegant way of gathering images from multiple sources, maybe photographed different times, different places, maybe with different gear, different lenses, and they make it easy to find those images as they've been stored in the catalog. And so long as people don't move the images outside Lightroom, they're going to be easily retrievable, not just today and tomorrow, but three years from now. The other benefit is that these are like index cards in the old library. And, and I am old enough to remember index card file drawers in libraries. And that's really what collections are. Multiple ways of finding the same thing without taking up an enormous amount of space and making the images near instantly retrievable for whatever purpose you intend at the same time. Now, in theory, that's what did other digital asset managers will do. But again, a lot of them are way more complicated. And we also know that there is and has to be a separation between how the images are stored physically and how we use collections as a means to access them. You know, some folks operate under the misconception that Lightroom forces them into a particular file storage model. It doesn't. If you want to store your images in your own folder structure, you can do that and still use Lightroom as your catalog tool. And you and I have seen this come up Again and, and again, again and again and again. It's it's like Groundhog Day for some people. They just <laughs> and that hey, fair enough, whatever works. But I think the real value of Lightroom Classic in the context that you're talking about is the ability to go find an image. And Lightroom Classic provides, as you say, lots of ways to do that: color rating, star rating, keywording, or just throw them in collections. Whatever works for you. Okay, so we've mentioned A, importing the images, cataloging the images, identifying them in collections. But we're not done with electronic utilization yet. So where else has your thought process led you to? Ah, go ahead, my thought processes. I'm going to assume that the images... If, if you made the images in the first place, the narcissism in all of us cries out for us to show them. And no matter how we show them, be it on your phone, your tablet, social media, <gasps> didn't say social media, did I? Or to an unfortunately captive audience, why not do it elegantly? Well, that makes sense. There's nothing worse than having a mass of disorganized images 
shoved in front of you with an attached expectation of interpretation and, and vision, you know, whether you're looking for thumbs up, likes or oohs and ahs, or you just want to, for whatever reasons, show your work to somebody else. That's a personal choice, right? But there are other methods available that may be more conducive to your goals in terms of making your work available so someone else may enjoy it. Mm -hmm. The oldest yep. methodology actually comes back to that unfortunately captive audience. <laughs> yeah. Come on over. We're going to show you the 4,000 slides of our trip to Greece. Uh, I'd rather shove needles into my <laughs> eyes. But making a slide presentation electronically, which could be done in the form of an application uh, for Mac users like Keynote, or an application like PowerPoint, which runs on many platforms, or some other type of tool. And the nice thing about them is that it's all in one place. There's no mechanical thing to fail, no bulb to die at the last minute that you can't buy anymore for $190. And then you can pace it as the audience or yourself can handle. And moreover, once you've built that slideshow, you could export it as a PDF for those who don't have app access to those applications. Although those applications will also make self-running slideshows if you're so inclined. And that works well. Another and more current, not necessarily better, but more current methodology is to apply those images into a video presentation. So you have both images and moving video in one neat, easy to view, easily distributable entity. I mean, think about it. YouTube has hundreds of thousands of new posts every day. And those are very simple videos. And some of them are composites of video and stills. Mm -hmm. So it's not hard. There's a small learning curve, but we know that people have no problem using electronic tools as a means to share. Mm -hmm. You know, be whatever... You know, you talked about social media, but it could be a distribution engine like a YouTube, like a Vimeo, like a Flickr or whatever happens to work. You can also use some of the applications that you may get, and we're talking about Lightroom Classic, as an Adobe subscriber to build social media presentations or post it for the whole world to see. Uh, tools like Express do a fabulous job. They're easy to use. And if your goal is to get your content out for people to see it, you can do that. And if you're one of those folks who really enjoys receiving likes and up clicks and all that other stuff, well, that might work for you too. And if that drives you, that's a good way to get those numbers up. I suppose. I, I'm sorry, I don't do that myself, so I don't know. Yeah, I've gone through all of those things, and they, and they really work well. For one thing, people sort of think you're, think you're kind of smart and you can do this, but let's not forget those smart TVs where you put everything, uh, put your presentation, however it is, onto a memory stick, stick it in the side of the TV, and it runs all evening. And you can watch it or not, depending upon how much wine you have. Or 
those uh, electronic picture prints. You can keep updating them, you can change them, uh, they're there for you to watch or not. And I have to admit, I saw one just yesterday that was in use, and the quality has improved so much mm-hmm. from the older iterations where you got grainy, muggy-looking images on it. This was sharp, bright, clear, and incredible. So once you've got those on and you sent them to grandma or grandpa, they don't have to know anything other than how to turn it on. And then it just keeps going and keeps going. And they've got the grandkids looking at them all day long. Well, I think that, you know, you touched on the smart TVs. And they are really, really good. And to be honest, they're idle a lot of the time. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're consuming power anyway. Why not just put a memory stick with some images into the back and just let them run yeah, in now the you've got a 60s, 60 whatever those things are, is <laughs> 60-inch TV on your wall showing your works of art to anybody who happens to walk through the room. Or even as a reminder to yourself, perhaps as an inspiration on those days when you don't feel like going out and making images or making videos, Mm -hmm. having them running on your own television set is not a bad thing. Now, you may not want the local neighborhood traipsing through your living room (laughs) to look at your photos, but it works. And as for electronic picture frames, I have no experience with anything that's new, so I'm going to take your word on it. But we have to recognize and accept that any of these types of preparation are going to take effort and time. Now, if you're not prepared to put in the time and the effort, you could say, well, why are the images being made in the first place? But I'm not certain that that's a, the right question. If you're not prepared to put the time in to make them showable, that just may mean that you don't care to have to share them with anyone else. But if you do, and you made the point earlier that most folks have a need, an internal cry, to use your words, to show images, well... Then you got to get off the pot and do the work. <laughs> yes, and uh, thank you for that leading because we've now sort of stepped out of the bounds of the electronic and we're stepping into the land of the printed wood. You know that old thing that we used to use once upon a time? Well, let's not forget the hallowed but yet lowly idea of making a print. And I know that you have some thoughts on prints. Well, I have opinions, which are... Thoughtless? (laughs) No, generally, I believe my opinions are well thought out, or at least for me. I get something out of holding a print or a photo book that I never get out of looking at it on a screen of any type. I would much rather go to a museum or gallery and look at photographic prints than spending one second on social media because I get an emotional reaction to the physicality of the entity that I never get with a disposable electronic image that has a very short half-life. So... I love prints. I think that they 
have legs. Mm -hmm. I think that, and all I know is for me, I could get a photo book from a friend, you know, and, and I'd shared the book from my friend Becky. Mm -hmm. I'll sit down and I'll look at that over and over again. And I'll never go to a website to look at, you know, we I was talking with uh, my buddy Jim Conley about street photography and using a twin lens reflex camera. Good. And as you know, I really enjoy the work of Vivian Mayer. Yep. And she never made an image with the intention to show it to anyone. Right. She photographed for her own pleasure. That's right. all. Mm -hmm. But I can sit there with a book of Ms. Mare's photographs, and I'll derive hours of enjoyment in the seeing. You know, you've talked many times about the work of Freeman Patterson. Mm -hmm. I can't look at that stuff online, but... I got the joy of seeing morning plus years ago. <laughs> and I still look at the photographs in that book and I can find them inspirational, eye-opening. They may take me to a different place. So, yes, I believe that prints matter. Mm -hmm. And for me, not necessarily anyone else, but for me... Prints have legs and power and emotional conductivity that no electronic medium ever achieves. Mm -hmm. Yes, so we, we talked about prints, but, the, but prints, prints can either be the things that you hang on the wall or you already mentioned. Uh, you, it's, it's not difficult to put together a photo book. No, not at Which, all. And they can exist either as a high-quality coffee table book or just uh, you know, slap together snapshots and give it to grandmother or grandma or granddad for Christmas or birthdays or whatever. And the value is just incredible. And one of the reasons I came onto, the, onto this topic uh, is a friend of ours had been traveling in Quebec. And they visited the Reef, Reefern, Redfern, Reefern Gardens. And they purchased a book by a photographer by the name of Louise Tangi, I believe her name is. I hope I have the name right, but I, I believe that's what it is. This lady spent... 25 years, 25 years, 20 years, something like that, photographing this garden. It's a, it's a huge garden. It's an extensive place. And this photo book, every morning, over a cup of coffee, I sit down, open up a chapter, and the dialogue that goes along with it is not terribly exciting. But the images are mind-boggling. And they are there again and again and again. So I think, uh, I think you covered that uh, very well. And I think I, I'm, I personally am probably going to go on that route just to start getting my images together and putting them into something like that. Well, as you say, it's, it's very easy to build a photo book. In fact, there's functionality built right into Lightroom Classic. Yep. 
that allows you to publish a photo book. Now, the service they use is Blurb, and I don't care whether you want to have a bun fight, whether it's the best or not. It makes it easy. Mm -hmm. So instead of sitting on the sidelines and fetching, why not just try one? To your point, if you've got the images organized into collections, as you said, it's pretty easy to build a book from a collection. Probably the only way to do it. And there are two other things on my list, or would be on my wish list. How about greeting cards? There, uh, you can't buy one for under five dollars anywhere right now, it, and it does, it's not even a good card. It's a piece of garbage. But yeah, five bucks. You want to say happy birthday to somebody? Well, you spend out five bucks, and then you go pay for the postage. You know the stuff that you have to put on those things called envelopes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a, it's an expensive proposition. Take an image, process it a little bit. Clean it up, wipe out the unnecessary parts, throw some text in, and you have a friend for life. I agree. And even in the context of the cost of postage, let's suppose that you were to use one of the templates for greeting cards. Right. That come in Lightroom Classic. <laughs> Can't get away from this kid. And you do a run of 25 greeting cards. Right. You send them out. You get them printed. You don't even have to print them yourself. Right. When you Walmart is dirt, dirt cheap in their printing, and yeah. Costco used to be, but they've stopped doing it. So. so you go get a bunch of greeting cards printed, you stuff them in envelopes, and you send them off to people. What comes in the mail to Bills. Bills, yep. And Flyers. And yet when you give somebody a handwritten letter... Or you send them a greeting card that is your work? That is more powerful today than it's ever been. Because it's such a rarity. And where do they end up? Well, they don't go in the trash. That's right. They end up stuck to the fridge. Yep. I mean, in, in Western society, the fridge is the place <laughs> where all things seem to go. I look at our fridge here in, in my house, and there are invitations and cards from years ago that, you know, my daughter received, and they're there every day. She yep. sees them every day. There's a memory right there, and it is inexpensive. It's personal. And it is that personal message. It's not just, oh, let me post this on Facebook, and I hope that people will see it. You send somebody a greeting card, Captain it's audience. a direct communication. Yeah. And that is very, very different. So, yeah, why not use them or do something else? You, you know, in my wife's business, she will often be asked, hey, I've got this photo of my grandkids or I've got this photo of the dog. It's rarely a cat. It's usually a dog or my car or something. Can you put that on one of your garments? Right. Yeah. Now, she tends to do mostly corporate stuff. Right. But she'll do stuff for individuals as well. And how many times do you see people walking around wearing a photo on their shirt? Sure, sure. It happens. Yep. And in some countries, it happens more than others. Again, that's a culture thing. 
I go into the southern U.S., I see a lot, a, a lot more of that than I see, for example, here in Canada. Sure. Right. So, images, prints, PDF files, coffee mugs, T-shirts. Hey, you got your Christmas list taken care of uh, in spades uh, just by using what you've already got. Absolutely. Absolutely. Add to that a calendar. Oh, gosh, yes. How did I forget a calendar? Humans, humans love paper calendars because they can write on them. Yep. And stick them on the fridge. And do I want a calendar of somebody else's images? Or is it is it a nicer thing to do to send someone that you care about a calendar of your images? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a choice you make. But because you've gone to the trouble to go out and make the images, and then you made the decision to curate them, Mm -hmm. because that's what creating collections is, it's curation just like a librarian might do. How incredibly powerful is that? And it's directed. It's not random. Great. Photo books, all the things we've talked about. They're wonderful outlets for all those images that you talked about cluttering up your screen and cluttering up your hard drive. Great. So, anything else we got to lay on the poor, unsuspecting, other captive audience? Well, I think that there's one other thing that you had brought up prior to today's recording. What do you do with the ones that you don't use? Ah, yes. You want to do it? You want me to do it? Everybody expects me to do it. You go ahead. (laughs) Right. As I see this, then, after you have found... All those images that you couldn't be bothered to catalog in the first place, you start to realize that, well, they're kind of sitting here doing nothing. I've been through these. I've looked at the ones I like. I put them in collections. And suddenly you find that that delete key is getting larger and it's jumping up and down on your keyboard and it's saying there, use me, use me. And you've just saved yourself a whole bunch of money by not buying that terabyte hard drive you were going to. I I have to agree. It's funny, you know, when I look at uh, I look at clip art or stock photography. Right. If you just do a search on delete, it's always colored bright red. <laughs> like you shouldn't use it. I don't agree. I think it should be colored bright green. Hit it first. (laughs) Use it aggressively. Because honestly, you know, you've looked at the images and you've decided not to do anything with them. Well, maybe I'll keep them. I may go back to them. Or maybe my great descendants will be interested. No. (laughs) No one cares. So yeah, but get, you can't convince anybody of that. Just get rid of them. If you didn't think they were good enough when you made them, they're not getting better through age. Right. So, again, so, and part of that whole collection and curation process is you keep your best work. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't keep the crap. Because, you know, you know, reality is you're never going back. We don't have enough time to go no. back. No. And, and respectfully, after you're gone, 
Nobody else is going to take the time either. That's a, that's a, that's a hard. It's sell. hard for people. It's a hard sell to to give to people, but it, yes, it's it's true. So we think we bored these people or not? I don't know that it's been boring. I think it's very powerful, and I appreciate that you took the time to think it through. So, so we've given them a multimodal approach to what to do with all the stuff sitting on the hard drive. You have. And given them some ideas as to what they can do with it. So I guess until the next time, I'm going to continue to be Gordon. And, and who are you again? <laughs> well, it depends on the day of the week. But <laughs> today, I'm a human named Ross. Yeah, thank you very all, all very much for listening. We appreciate your support of the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. Please feel free to leave a comment or post a question. And if you shop at BNH Photo Video, please do so through the link on the main page. It generates a tiny commission for us and costs you nothing. And we appreciate it. Until next time, peace.